0: What a picture-perfect day to have on our guy Mike Florio from ProFootballTalk.com on the D&M leasing hotline on the home of America's team with all the news breaking. Yesterday, it was Pete Carroll, then Nick Saban stepping away, and this morning... Bill Belichick and the Patriots are gonna part ways after twenty-four seasons. Let's talk about it with the author, by the way, of Father of Mine. We've talked about it before. It's a mob novel, Father of Mine, available on Amazon for ebook at only three ninety-nine. Good morning, Mike. You've been busy. A little
2: busy. You know, I think we're gonna look back on this week as one of the most impactful, memorable, and historic that we've ever seen. With all these big name coaches. Mount Rushmore-type figures in the profession, available, retiring, fired, whatever. So many vacancies, so much activity, so many moving parts. And still there might be more. There might be more. You know, some people think Mike Tomlin might decide he's had enough in Pittsburgh. I think we should all be keeping an eye on the possibility of Andy Reid retiring in Kansas City when their playoff runs over. The Buccaneers could move on from Todd Bowles if they lose on Monday night. Nick Sirianni seems to be in quicksand and if they want to upgrade, there's plenty of guys out there that they could hire in this cycle. So it's been crazy and it could get even crazier.
0: Where do you think Belichick ends up or who do you think is really interested in him?
2: Well, we've seen multiple references to the Falcons. I was told over the weekend that Josh Harris, the commander's owner is enamored with the idea of Belichick being the coach of the team. Now, Harris is setting up this committee approach that might make it difficult to come to that conclusion, especially if Belichick wants power over personnel and they want to have a bunch of different people. And if you've got like the owners seem to be more involved there, the limited partners who in other teams, you know, yeah, they own a little piece of the team, but they really don't have a voice. Magic Johnson has 4% of the team and it seems like he's got a lot more than 4% of the voice. And I just don't know that that's a place where Belichick would actually want to go. And what I said on halftime of the Bills-Dolphins game Sunday night at NBC, I think this is very important. And we've talked about this before. Don't get caught up in all the non-playoff teams that are out there with vacancies. There are 14 teams left. 13 of them will eventually lose. And all it takes is one of them to say, we've got everything we need except a high-end coach. And you know the old Bill Parcells saying, if you want me to cook the meal, let me shop for the groceries. If you could give Bill Belichick a fully stocked kitchen with gourmet options, Hmm. you don't don't need to shop for the groceries. The groceries have been bought. All you got to do is cook the meal.
0: I was not buying. I went back and listened to him in the presser say he's even willing to cede personnel control. I thought that was just a company line. I'll do whatever it helps, you know, whatever it takes to have the Patriots win. Did you buy it? And what do you think is more important for Bill with the next stop, personnel or quarterback?
2: Well, you got to have a quarterback if you want to compete. Now, it can't be all about the quarterback. It can't be only the quarterback and look at the teams to get it skewed where it's all about the quarterback and there isn't enough help around the quarterback. You got to have a team. And from that team emerged Tom Brady, the second run of the dynasty. It was more about Brady and it was more skewed to the offense, but I think he just wants as much as he can get. He wants the best possible team. That's why there are so many people. And this was quiet a few weeks ago and it's getting louder. More and more people are onto it. Jerry Jones added some fuel to it, and I heard him on your show Tuesday trying to blame the media for mischaracterizing the words that came out of his mouth. Man. That's not a us problem, Jerry. That's a you problem. Thank you. I know you can't say that, but I can.
0: But <laughs> I did yesterday. <laughs> it, you
2: know, but, but, but look, well, you can't say it when he's on. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. wait till he hangs up. Yeah. Um, but, but, uh, but it just makes too much sense. If Mike McCarthy makes the kind of boneheaded mistake that we saw The week 17 game, Saturday night, throwing the ball on second and 15, giving the Lions enough time to drive down the field and score the touchdown that would have won the game, but for the whole two-point conversion fiasco, that's the kind of thing that if he does it in the playoffs and they lose, he's done, quite possibly. Based upon what Jerry said and based upon the availability of Bill Belichick, it's quite possibly going to be the end for Mike McCarthy because there is a clear opportunity to upgrade to a guy that can give Jerry what he's been chasing since 1995.
0: All right, let's get into this now. Mike Florio, ProFootballTalk.com, had the column yesterday. A hey, Jerry Jones Bill Belichick partnership is not as crazy as it sounds. And I'll needle Mike and I'll be texting him back and forth. No chance, not happening. Then Peter King, your colleague, comes out. and suggest the same thing. Here's my here's my counter to what you've been writing and saying with Belichick's effusive praise of the Cowboys and the Joneses. He does that with every team every week in a preview in his press conference. This is the greatest defense. This is the no, greatest he player. No, he he no, praises he everyone no, he through the roof. No, he
2: doesn't. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. You're wrong. And I read all of his press conferences. Most of them are grunts and farts and belches, okay? Okay. <laughs> he goes on and on every time it's time to play the Cowboys. He goes on and on about how much respect he has for Steven and Jerry on and on. Did it in 23 when they played did it in 2019 when they played. And when he did it this year, people in new England in the building noticed they noticed it. It was conspicuous. Mm. So people there think he's going to go to Dallas. If McCarthy doesn't last and, You know, the lazy take that I hear from so many people, and I don't want to say it's lazy. It's just kind of misinformed because you don't follow it closely enough. The obvious take is they would never get along because Bill would want to run everything, and Jerry's not going to give up being the GM. When you see the things that Belichick says, it's clear he's fine with them being the ones that set the table. He respects what they've done in personnel. He respects what they've built. It makes, when you see what he said, it makes it more likely, not less likely, that they would all get together and they would find a way to get it done. And the fact that Bill Parcells went there at one point, I mean, there's some deep seated stuff between Parcells and Belichick, and Parcells didn't succeed ultimately. I mean, he was okay, but they never went to a conference championship game. If Belichick could do in Dallas what Parcells failed to do, like he did in New England, what Parcells failed to do, that's another big feather in Bill Belichick's cap. So there's a lot of reasons to take this seriously.
0: Here's a local tie-in that the national people, you know, may not know. You'll you'll know it, but I don't know how many people on the networks. Belichick coming here may cost them Will McClay. And they they treat and I think view Will like a family member. How much of an impediment do you think that would be? Or Bill would want to work with Will McClay. I don't know if it would be vice versa, given Belichick's personnel history, whether Will and his scouting department would want to work with them. Well,
2: I I think that this is the perfect opportunity for Bill Belichick to slip out of the I have to run everything mode and just coach the team. When there's a structure that's already in place, that supplies him with personnel, if he can just spend all of his efforts and energies, game planning, breaking down film, you know, he's still one of the best to have ever done it at X's and O's and game day coaching. It's one of the reasons why it's not easy for the Patriots to move on from him. What he does well, he does incredibly well. It has just gotten to the point where the weaknesses were glaring. They were getting worse. You know the innovations resistant to change, staff too small, doesn't trust enough enough people that 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 dragged them down and the thing that I think really poisoned the relationship was the decision to make Matt Patricia the offensive coordinator last year when he'd been a defensive coach all of his career. That was a mistake, and I think everyone saw it going in, and it blew up in Belichick's face, and that I think was the the thing that made this year inevitable. And if you can just take all that stuff off the table and let him coach, if you give him a good team and let him coach, he could probably coach them better than anyone else and take them farther. If I was a Cowboys fan, I would be very excited about the possibility of getting Bill Belichick. And that's nothing something against Mike McCarthy. I mean, it's kind of like we got the best of both worlds here. Let's see how the Super Bowl potential run goes. Let's see how far we go into the postseason. and if it fails, then maybe next year it's Bill Belichick.
0: Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, joining us here, 105 through the fan. And you don't have to deal anything now to get him, right? No, you just – there's no, no compensation. Yeah. Um, wh- why is – why did Seattle want Carroll out?
2: Well, I, I think that – and if you listen to the press conference and read between the lines, you know, I don't know that John Schneider staged the coup. I just think that ownership decided it was time to pivot away from Carroll and let Schneider kind of run the football operation and be the one to go out and hire a new coach. And the big takeaway for me from this is Jody Allen, who had inherited the team from her brother Paul and is supposed to sell it at some point and donate the proceeds to charity, I don't think she's selling anytime soon. And there's no specific deadline by which she has to sell. I just thought they'd ride it out with Pete Carroll until they sold the team. Because good luck finding a great coach to come take that job if you're going to sell in the next year or two, which, which is theoretically possible. Once we get past May of this year, it's theoretically possible to sell the team because they wouldn't have to give 10% of the proceeds to the state of Washington. Well, if I'm a good coach, I don't want to go into a spot where I get Ron Rivera. We saw it happen to him twice in Washington and in Carolina before that. I want to know that ownership is going to be the same for five, seven, 10 years. And this tells me that ownership isn't changing and they're going to be able to go out and they've got the money to spend going to be very interesting to see what they want in a coach and who they're able to get but that's a great place with winning tradition super bowl trophy incredible fan support and and a pretty good roster even though they didn't make the playoffs this year they almost did and uh you know they're they're in a position where i think they're attracted to some of these coaches who have options you got coaches who have options and you have coaches who don't have options you always want to hire a coach who has options
0: so quinn shortlist favorite is that how, how do you see that happening
2: I don't know. Look, one of the things about a guy who becomes a general manager, who's fully in charge, John Schneider's been around the league for 20-plus years. He's been carrying around a list and compiling a list because they don't just scout players, they scout coaches. He's got a list of the coaches he would want to work with if and when he's got the power to hire a coach. And he doesn't advertise that list. He doesn't post it on social media. But he knows what he wants. He knows who he wants. And a lot of times what we see when a team fires its coach, they look for somebody who's the exact opposite. So tenured former head coach, they've done that a couple of times. They've done that three straight times with Mike Holmgren and then Jim Mora, the younger, and then, and then uh, Pete Carroll. There may be a coordinator out there that John Schneider has a high opinion of, that he believes based on everything he's seen during his time in the NFL, this is somebody who can step into the job of head coach, which is fundamentally different, different skill sets different communication requirements, different relationship requirements, different everything. But he may have gleaned something from one of these coordinators that he says, this guy's a potential star. This is my next coach. And that's the guy that he goes and gets. So I think, you know, there's the question of who would want that job. But the first question is, who does John Schneider have on that list that he's put together while he scouted coaches at the same time he was scouting players?
0: What openings are you the most sure of with the next fit, if any? What do you mean? Like the openings, do you do you tie a name to it where you're like this is definitely happening? Oh, no, like everyone's no, saying no, 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 Vrabel no, no, New England.
2: No. no, 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 no. Because there may be more openings. That's why I was confused by the question. Because there are other jobs that may come open. We got twenty five percent of the league currently in play. <laughs> you know, there's there's the chatter that maybe Mike Tomlin's done in Pittsburgh, not because they would fire him but because he would walk. Now, I reported a few weeks ago, the Steelers had gotten no indication whatsoever that he was unhappy or thinking about leaving. But both Schefter and Glazer dropped just a, a big enough of a turd in a punch bowl over the weekend to open the door to the possibility of Tomlin walking away. And then, hey, Andy Reid, don't be surprised if he retires after the Chiefs finish their playoff run. And the deeper he goes, the more likely he walks. Don't be surprised. Not saying it's happening, just don't be surprised. That opens another job. Chief's pretty damn attractive because only one team's got Patrick Mahomes. Mike Vrabel, who played for the Chiefs for a couple of years. I don't know if I got to choose between the Chiefs and the Patriots. I'm choosing the Chiefs right now. And if I got to choose between the Chiefs or the Patriots and the Steelers, excuse me, because Vrabel was drafted by the Steelers. Vrabel's the perfect Steelers coach. If Mike Tomlin goes, Vrabel is the perfect no brainer Steelers coach, and he would never be fired by the Steelers. He, he's 48. He would finish his coaching career with the Steelers because they just don't fire anybody, and he'd be good enough that they wouldn't have to fire him. So, so yeah, I mean, the obvious link is variable to the Patriots. That assumes some of these other openings become or don't become openings. There's still more. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if they they don't have a great showing on Monday night against the Eagles, Todd Bowles could be out. And we know from history that the Glazers love to chase big names. So we may just be getting started here. I mean, it's been seismic the past day with Pete oh. Carroll, Nick Saban, and Bill Belichick. There may be more.
0: Mike Florio, who has a better chance of coaching in the NFL to start next season? Nick Sirianni, an NFL team. Sirianni or Jim Harbaugh?
2: Oh, wow. Well, I, I mean, this is the year for Harbaugh to come back. I, I'd say Harbaugh. I'd say Harbaugh because of Sirianni, you know, one in five down the stretch. If they don't win on Monday night, and there's options out there now to upgrade. See, that's the thing. If you're a coach who's kind of, you know, close, and they're not really sure, and maybe we'll see what happens next year, well, next year there isn't going to be Mike Vrabel and Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick and Jim Harbaugh and, you know, the rising coordinators like Ben Johnson. So I I think it's a little tenuous for Sirianni on Monday, and he's almost seemed like hostage video uh, in in his press conferences at least the ones I've seen recently like it's, it's just it's falling apart and they can't put it back together and it wouldn't shock me especially if they lose on Monday night if if a decision is made to see who else they could get with all these big names out there so I think Harbaugh it's just a question of which team Harbaugh is going to coach there's nothing more for him to do at the college level he's been evasive about the possibility if he was staying at Michigan we would know it right now and unless they're going to pay him 20 million a year I think he's jumping to
0: the NFL. Father of mine is the mob novel for only three ninety-nine on Amazon for eBook. It's from Mike Florio, ProFootballtalk.com, the website that has all the latest news, and it is nonstop right now. Silly season has begun. Thank you. Not enough time. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Mike Florio, DNM leasing hotline. Who got destroyed more yesterday? Bobby Belton Therapy or Jason Whitlock by Stephen A? Next. <laughs> oh, oh